um, I'm Emily Collins. <laughs> I'm Orla Devlin. I'm Georgia Dorley. And this is Sounds for the Shadows. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. <laughs> yeah, the podcast where the Shadow Girls get together, uh, talk about stories, storytelling, and just cool, weird stuff. Um, and today we are talking about doggos! Good boys. And as requested on Twitter by Ledwig, future dead name Maya, there will be more snoring doggos. Don't you worry. Yeah, I've got Mimi, the chief snorer, on my lap. <laughs> the other two are already asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Bun and Squire, they're already asleep. They're not snoring yet, but uh, not yet. give them time. Just you wait. Give them time. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking about doggos, because we love doggos, mm-hmm. and dogs and puppers. And there's a lot of stories about dogs. So we won't be covering everything. There will be a future dog episode. And if some cat people out there are feeling a bit neglected, we might do a cats episode. Got to keep it, you know, equal. Maybe. I never trust cats. There's some good... There's some my, good. Cat, my cat's yeah. the best. There's some good cat stories out there, though. There are. Right. So, um, I have three doggos. Uh, do you have any dogs? I had a big, stupid black Labrador as oh, a kid. No. But unfortunately, he had to go away. No. Yes. Yeah. But I loved him. The eternal farm in the sky. I know. The eternal <laughs> farm in the sky. Yeah. His name was Dove. Oh, oh, for yeah. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. So sweet. It was cute. <laughs> and yeah. you have some dog news. I do. So my, my mother, shout out to Joanne, um, Hi, recently Joanne. got a new puppy ah. called Bumble, who Aww. bumbles around the place, and who's a cross between a Cavalier King Charles and a Jack Russell, and is very noisy and likes eating my feet, but <laughs> otherwise is very endearing. <laughs> they all go through sort of a toe phase. Yeah. I just hope it's a phase. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, these guys, they, they used to lick and nibble toes. Bunbury occasionally still does, but, yeah. hmm. but she's mm. just a nibbler. She's just a nibbler. Anything yeah. she can get her hands on. Yeah, she's a terrible thief. <laughs> any, any food stuff. No food is safe from bun. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about dogs. We found some dog stories and dog folklore. Uh, Orla, you actually found an origin for dogs. I did. Um, so, doing a bit of research, I found an origin story from the Eskimos. And uh, it actually says that dogs were created by Raven and his wife. And I think Raven was like a high king in the community. So Raven's wife said to him, I hear, would you ever go make something useful for us? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, right, okay. So he sat long and hard and he thought about what could be possibly useful. And whilst he was sitting and thinking, his fingernails grew longer and longer. And so what he did was he uh, cut his fingernails and turned them into four legs, a long nose and a curly tail. Oh. And that is the legend of how uh, es- uh, huskies, I think, oh. they're going for huskies oh. with the curly tail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how huskies came to be. Yeah, we had a husky when we were growing up. Uh, she was, well, she was an Elkant. She was Duchess. Oh, gorgeous. And she was the sweetest little thing. She was like Nana out of Peter Pan. She'd go up and she'd, she'd check on all the kids and she'd lie under the baby's crib. She was a sweetie. Oh, that's so sweet. She was also incredibly spoiled and incredibly fat. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I kind of like doggers being a little bit cuddly. Yeah. We had a dog apparently when we were very small. I think my older sister, um, when she was like sort of like a toddler, Judy, another Labrador, oh. I think, um, mm. would protect her fiercely from the postman so if she was like playing on the steps Judy would come out and just like stand in between the postman and her and just be like you're not touching my baby oh wow um, yeah, I don't know how we got the post in the end <laughs> yeah they can be quite protective I know Squire like if we're out for a walk and there's another dog particularly if it's like a bigger male dog and it comes over he'll sort of start to bark at it going don't come too close these are my this is my pack <laughs> my humans yeah yeah 
My dog was never like that. He just wanted to make friends with everyone. Oh, He'd oh. make friends with like the cars on the road. Oh. Just <laughs> be like, hey, what's going on? Are we running? Are we running? Yeah, let's run. Burglar smashes the window. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Should I fetch? Should I fetch? What? 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 Pal? Oh, they just woke up at that word. Goodbye to snoring. Alright, so while we we are generally favoured of dogs, we mm-hmm. like dogs and like kettling dogs, uh, not all dogs are seen as good omens. No. So there's, particularly around Europe and the British Isles, there is the tradition of the black dog. Mm-hmm. A ghostly black dog, a spectre black dog, who shows up and is normally a portent of some kind of doom or death or just general bad mojo happening. <laughs> Uh, and occasionally, they are linked with the devil, just mm-hmm. now and again. And sometimes, they are the thing that's going to cause you a bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, some of them, they kind of cut out the middleman. Yeah. But uh, dogs, they have an association with death going back ages, like a Cerberus, mm-hmm. the three-headed dog of Hades, mm-hmm. was the guardian of the underworld, and his job was keep the dead inside and the living out. But I was just looking, like, where did he come from? And I don't know how he ended up with Hades, but his mother was a kidna, who was seen as like the mother of most of the monsters. Mm-hmm. And she was half woman, half snake. Oh. Yeah. And his dad was Tython. I'm pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> Tython uh, has mysterious origins. Um, lots of these. I like to believe that he was one of the first children of Gaia. When Gaia was sort of like, I want to make life. I don't really know what to do. I don't know how many arms and legs and heads and things. You're going to get this wrong a few times. Yeah, so he sort of showed up as, in a lot of different descriptions, things. he's got all sorts of weird... He's got a lot of snake things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he has snake legs, uh, or it was described once as snake-footed, which I don't know if that means he had snake forefeet, or he had the feet of snakes. Snakes don't have feet. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, But also like multiple heads and wings and claws and talons and things. And he occasionally got into fights with Zeus. Uh, But apparently when he makes a snake woman and a snaky, many-headed, winged thing, you get a three-headed dog. dog. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. It does. Uh, And then the the three-headed dog ended up in Hades and was a very good boy. He Mm. kept the dead souls inside. And he shows up in the, the trials of Hercules. Hercules has to bring him up to, to Earth for a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, take him for walkies. <laughs> but he was the inspiration for Fluffy. 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 Yeah. Who, for Harry Potter fans, and for those who aren't Harry Potter fans, Fluffy shows up in the Philosopher's Stone. Or yes. it's yeah. called the Sorcerer's Stone in America for reasons unknown. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, Fluffy is the dog by Hagrid, and Hagrid uh, utilises him. And he's a big, slubbering, three-headed monster. But he's a big, softy underneath. He's big, <laughs> Just like Hagrid. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry Potter also uses the Grimm. Mm-hmm. The black dog. The terrifying black dog. So, Jack, tell us a bit about that, Georgia. Yeah, so as, we, as Harry Potter fans will know, um, Sirius Black's... What's the word again? The Animagus? I think an Animagus, yeah. Yeah, or the, I don't know, his version of his... Uh, state of being an animagus um, was a big black ominous dog called Padfoot um, and it's interesting because um, particularly in the UK particularly in England there's this this legend of the sort of the grim which is the frightening 
spectre of a big black dog who appears mm. usually at night time and if you see him quite frequently it means you're going to die before the year is out oh god yeah, yeah great fun um so that's brought up in in harry potter there's there's quite a few different cases in england of like reports of these dogs and different names for them in different areas one of which is actually padfoot which is where jk yeah. rowling got which the name for so it so cute i know it's amazing <laughs> so that's sort of the the death omen in wakefield in leeds the kind of i think they're specifically the the dog is actually invisible but you can just hear the padding of its feet <gasps> as it approaches you whereas in other areas it's interesting because they say that you can you can see Sweet. it but you can't hear it Ooh. and that's when you know yeah all right but yeah there's um there's an interesting account actually of the black shook which was the uh, the omen or the the grim in um, in East Anglia? It's the shook because um. it leaves you shook. <laughs> Very good. Um. I, I've no idea if that's why it's called the black shook. <laughs> Um, so the black shook that leaves you shook was uh, a case that was in East Anglia, sort of around uh, Norfolk, that would wander down the coastline. Apparently, I don't know Norfolk. Is it from the coast? Yeah, I yeah, so. the, yeah. There's a lot of lot very of water flat there. Norfolk, isn't very it? flat and yeah. a lot of a lot of water. <laughs> and if these guys are anything to go by, doggos like water. Yes, yes they, do. they will splash in anything that isn't a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's convenient. Mm. Um, so we have this account by a, a man called W. A. Dutt, um, who wrote this book, Highways and Byways in East Anglia, de- back in 1901. That's quite, quite chilling. Um, he says, he takes the form of a huge black dog and prowls along dark lanes and lonesome field footpaths, where, although his howling makes the hearer's blood run cold, his footfalls make no sound. You may know him at once, should you see him, by his fiery eye. He has but one, and that, like the cyclops, is in the middle of his head. But such an encounter might bring you the worst luck. It is even said that that to meet him is to be warned that your death will occur before the end of the year. So you will do well to shut your eyes if you hear him howling. Shut them even if you are uncertain whether it is the dog fiend or the voice of the wind in your in your ear. Should you never set eyes on Norfolk Snarly Yow, which I think is another name for him, you may perhaps doubt his existence. And like other learned folks tell us that this story is nothing but the old Scandinavian myth of the Black Hound of Odin, brought to us by the Vikings, who long ago settled down on the Norfolk coast. So it's interesting considering that it might be one of Odin's dogs who yeah. just got left behind and <laughs> got a bit annoyed and decided to take it out on people. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of sort of like in countries that were invaded by the vikings there's a lot of viking lore left over and influence mm-hmm. yeah and actually in england and scandinavia they have uh churchyard grims which are sort of spectral black dogs but they guard the churchyard and the people who are buried there and the funerals to protect them from sort of demons and witches and warlocks and people who might be coming along with ill intentions towards the graves oh, okay. so not all grims are are bad. Yeah. Mm. And actually there's a very famous graveyard story about Greyfriars Bobby. That's my attempt at a Scottish accent. Uh, which I... There's various versions of it sort of throughout. Like there's one claimed to be in... This, oh God, what's our big cemetery called? Oh, Glasnevin. Yeah, there's yeah. one claimed to be in Glasnevin. But it seems to have originated in Greyfriars in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And you can go and see Greyfriars uh, Cemetery. It's where Tom Riddle is buried. So more J.K. Rowling influences. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Bobby was, he was a little a little sort of terrier-y thing. Scottish terrier. Sco- yeah, Scottish terrier. There's a little yeah. statue of him. He's very cute. He is. And basically Bobby's master died 
and was buried in Greyfriars and Bobby got quite upset and you know, no one had really explained to Bobby what death was and so Bobby stayed in the hole that his owner had gone into and wouldn't leave and just sat there and sort of sad and howling and people began to you know they knew this little doggo was there and he was sad so they would bring him food and they built him a really nice little kennel there and Bobby lived in the graveyard for many many years and though he still missed his owners waiting for them to get up and go walkies with him he got other friends people who would come into the graveyard and see Bobby and give him a bit of food and pat him the head and there's now a statue of Bobby outside Greyfriars and it's really sweet because so many people walk past it and they rub his nose that his nose is now all shiny. Yeah. Oh, that's it's too much. I know. Isn't that <laughs> so sweet? So sweet. It looks like he's always got a little wet nose. Oh, yeah. that's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. just to point out, we have a snoring doggo behind me. Yeah. It's a bit frightening because it's behind the chair and I forgot she was there. Yeah. yeah she I'll see if I can get a snap. Yeah, she does like to go behind chairs. Yeah. Um, I like hiding in corners too, it makes me feel safe. <laughs> See, that's such a much nicer ending, because my mother used to tell me that story when I was younger, but you had such a positive spin on it, that he just made loads of friends, but my mum just told me, and he stayed there, right beside his owner's grave, until he died of loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I heard first as well, but then I found out that no, he was there for years, and they like built him a special kennel and things, yeah, like, and he sort of became a tourist attraction. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. Go, people go to Greyfriars to look at the old tombs and things, Greyfriars also has one of the most haunted graves in Scotland, I think in Europe. I think it's the Mackenzie tomb. Just oh, yeah? One specific grave. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a sort of um, mausoleum-y thing, and it's, oh, yeah. like, super haunted. That'll be another story That's for another, another time. That's another story for another time. <laughs> no doggers in that yeah. one. Yeah. But, not, but not all, uh, not all beyond-the-grave doggers are so nice. Newgate Prison has a lovely story. Do you want to tell it? Okay, yeah, okay, so yeah, Newgate Prison. Um, I think you were, you were saying this happened sort of back, was it? It was like Henry, Henry VIII the, time? No, Henry Third. So oh, it was wow. Like, wow. It was like long, long ago, but it didn't get re- sort of recorded until a pamphlet of uh, like 15... 15- 96? 96? Yeah. I can do numbers. <laughs> it's written by Luke Hutton. Yeah, well, um, he, he's credited. It's sort of, it's one oh, of those anonymous pamphlet things, but they reckon it was by this guy, Luke Hutton. Yeah, and so it was, um, there was sort of famine at the time. People were sort of starving. A lot of people were ending up in prisons, but there wasn't any food in the prisons. Um, and there was um, a man who I think was a, an academic of some sort, was... Um, uh, essentially uh, charged with, uh, you know, using magic yeah. or something mad. And Henry III, he was very into magic and witchcraft. And he, I think he made a law... Hmm. I think he made a law that you could not harm fairies. Oh, really? Yeah, he could be prosecuted really? for harming fairies. He was very superstitious. Slightly oh. ironic then that this guy <laughs> ends up in prison. Anyway, so he's thrown into the prison, poor lad. And... Um, Unfortunately, I suppose if he was an academic, maybe he wasn't so good at defending himself against the other prisoners because they uh, decided to uh, kill him and eat him. Yeah, well, oh, there, there was no food. They'd sort of yeah. They'd oh, been contemplating wow. cannibalism, and then this guy comes in who you're told is a, an evil wizard. I mean, yeah. What you gonna do? What you yeah. gonna do? Um, so, oh. unfortunately, yes, he was uh, consumed, and <laughs> <laughs> as it says in the news, I love that. Uh, okay, so, um, but soon after this happened, a large black dog was seen, sort of sneaking around the prison, like just at the the edge of your vision, sort of thing. Thing, and it hunted down all of the people who had killed and eaten the the poor academic. Uh, one by one, very slowly, like an Agatha Christie, I suppose. <laughs> um, 
until there were none. Um, and they sort of suggest that maybe this dog was actually belonged to the academic, so it did to them what they had done to its master. And then many people, unfortunately, were, were driven mad by fear trying to escape this dog as they saw it slowly approaching them. But nothing could, uh, nothing could deter the dog until the last man was consumed. Again, I like, like that hey, in this instance. Consumed. Yeah. Consumed. So don't go eating people. Yeah. 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 The moral of the story <laughs> is, uh, yeah, even if you're in terrible conditions, if you eat a guy who has magic, a magic black dog might come and try to eat you. <laughs> it's a very simple story. Very simple. <laughs> uh, there's also like a famous, from like a century later than that pamphlet came out, a famous story about a, which inspired the Hound of the Basketballs actually. Uh, Squire Richard Campbell of Brook Hall. Uh, so Richard was not the nicest man. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, not a very nice dude. Even by the standards of the time, he loved hunting and killing and was rumoured to have sold his soul to the devil and murdered his first wife. That sounds like a fun life. Oh, yeah. Unreal. He was, he was just generally not a, not a nice fellow. But when he died in 1677, it was said that they saw on the moors a huge pack of black dogs that started howling and when he was buried and laid in the earth in the churchyard this group of dogs was seen skulking and stalking around the tomb and howling up the sky and on the anniversary of his death it's claimed that running over the moors people see the ghost of Richard and a pack of black hellhounds but it's not clear is he leading the hunt or are they chasing his soul for eternity oh and that was one of the things that's um, believed to have inspired Arthur Conan Doyle in coming up with the legend of the Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, very good. Which is then disproved by Sherlock Holmes. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, but yeah, it's still yeah. a good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is the Hound of Baskervilles? They just, they keep hearing these... Yeah, it's that the one of the Baskerville ancestors was a not very nice man. Mm-hmm. And I think it was he did a lot of unpleasant things, but then... I, I don't know if... Did they hunt a woman to death with his hounds or something? I don't actually remember. I've not remembered. I, d- I don't remember the exact details. That's in my head for some reason. But that <laughs> might just be getting mixed up with other horror film things. Yeah. Um, but he, he did some not very nice things. And as revenge, this hound comes and strikes down the heir of Baskerville Hall. Mm-hmm. Regularly. Oh, regularly. <laughs> Frequently. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, vengeful, vengeful dogs giving out divine justice. Which is my segue. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, giving out divine justice, and then there are other dogs which are just simply divine. (laughs) So um, I will tell you guys about the only dog to ever be a saint. So he, this uh, doggo, he was a greyhound, um, and he was the greyhound of a wealthy knight in France, somewhere around Lyon, uh, in the 13th century. So the, the knight and his wife uh, went off 
for the day, for the evening, and left their baby in the trusty paws of their greyhound, of their guard dog. Because, you know, dogs make great nannies. They make amazing nannies. I know, I mean, they can feed the baby and change it and teach it to count. <laughs> teach it to talk, you know? Yeah. Hunt, gather, anything. Lick itself. <laughs> Lick itself. It gives it baths. <laughs> so they left uh, their uh, little infant baby in the paws of their greyhound and then when they came home to their shock they found the the manor house in absolute disarray there was uh things strewn all over the floor the cot had been turned upside down and when they call for the dog he comes running up to them with a bloodied mouth like a mouth full of blood dripping down his chin and everything so of course they jumped to the conclusion of the dog has killed our baby. Our beautiful guard dog has killed our beautiful baby. So the knight, in his wisdom, killed the dog uh, because it couldn't be trusted anymore. And then, to his shock, he hears a baby cry. And then underneath the cot, he finds his little baby safe and sound and the body of a dead viper right beside it so obviously the dog had protected the baby and killed the viper that was trying to harm it now absolutely overridden with grief the um knight takes the dog's body puts it down the bottom of a well and uh, plants trees all around it so to sort of create a shrine for the dog and when the story of the of the dog's um Heroic. Uh, yeah, heroic deeds and courage spread across the sort of region. People start flocking to the shrine to try and get blessings from the dog to cure their children if they were Aww. sick and things like that. So that's how this little greyhound became the patron saint of infants yeah, in that region of France. Yeah. And his name is Saint Gwynfor. His feast day is August 22nd, which is actually just yesterday. Well, so we d- yesterday from the day we're recording. We're yes. not sure when you're listening to this. <laughs> yesterday from the day we're recording. So we'll light a little doggy candle. Yeah. Just we should him. actually on Sunday go see Pope Francis and be like, you know, man, could like, can you make him like a real yes. saint? Yeah, Come on. yeah. Come on. that's the thing. Because I think proper saints were only canonised in like the 17th century that's when the church yeah, the took church control did, like official yeah. things yeah they've been doing like official things before but they made a lot of like the the unofficial saints more official yeah, yeah. but like people like saint patrick in ireland aren't official saints what saint patrick isn't a uh, canonized he's not ca- he's not an official canonized no he's saint. a folk saint he's a folk saint yeah i didn't know that because every saint before like something like the 13th century or whatever just yeah. wasn't canonized Oh, it kind of sounds like the folk saints are actually like the better company, to be honest. Like, they are like yeah, they're they're so, much more pagan and much yeah. more like, like useful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I need to do more research on us because I know there's like there are actually three Saint Patrick's. I wonder if they're all folk saints. It's why in Irish it's like Nave Padrick and then uh, Sa- uh what what Saint James? Mm. Uh, San, San, it's San San Seamus or I whatever. I always wondered why. Yeah, that may, I've been wondering this for so bloody long. Thank yeah. you for yeah. I'm, yeah so, okay, guys, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, but the only reason that we really know about Saint Gwynfor is because a Dominican priest within the area wrote a scathing indictment of these <laughs> um, 
paganistic uh, sort of rituals and said, you can't, you absolutely cannot be um, revering a dog. This is ridiculous. And he sent it out to all the people in the region. Rude. I know, absolutely yeah. rude. Um, but that is one of the main reasons. So if this Dominican priest didn't get so upset about it, it probably just no would have faded knew. into history. Yeah. But locally, like the, the shrine of the cult, it was still revered into like the, the 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was still, like the Catholic Church tried to fight it as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the folk sort of in the regionistic uh, saintism, patriot, yeah. whatever you would call it, that lasted up until the 30s. And then the church put like a, like a hard no yeah. onto it. They do that a lot with um, sort of saints that they, they don't like. Like in, in Mexico, the Santa Morte, oh, which is like Our Lady of Death. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the church really don't seem, don't seem to like her. Uh, but the people are like, look, she's our saint. She's the one yeah. we connect to. Uh, we, we can't be going off to you know Our Lady with our problems. That's far too grand. And she's, I'm sure she's busy, but this is like our local. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I kind of like the, the local saints and the local... I, yeah, I really, really like them. And the, the early saint stories are mad. They're mad! You know what I mean? Women cutting themselves out of dragons. <laughs> so yeah, that is the story of the doggo saint. Yeah. Good boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> He's a very good boy. The best of boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a very similar story in Wales, though. Yes, there which is. Which is, ooh, I'm going to pronounce this name horrible. Gellert? Actually, no, that's, that's yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to pronounce. <laughs> Gellert. Um, Gellert was an, another good boy doggo mm-hmm. um, who was a gift to this knight. And he was a, a good, faithful doggo. And the guy went out hunting one day. And when he came in, he went to go look at his son. And he saw the cradle was upturned, couldn't see the baby. And the dog came running up to him and the dog had blood on his mouth. And he freaked out and thought, oh, God, you've killed my baby. <laughs> so he, he raised his sword and he struck down the garden. The dog was sort of whimpering and dying and trying to drag itself over and he saw where the dog was trying to drag itself towards and then he saw that the baby was underneath the upturned cradle and the baby was fine but next to the baby was a slain wolf yeah wow yeah, yeah. Boy. and he he didn't turn the dog into a saint he he just buried it and never smiled again Oh God! I think yeah, you killed your dog. Yeah, absolutely. And one really interesting thing that I found out in Wales, um, there was an emperor or like a king of Wales or mm-hmm. something who made it illegal to kill greyhounds. Good. Which Gellart was. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Don't kill dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't kill dogs. <laughs> don't. Don't kill greyhounds, but don't kill any dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. I have a story that's also about a, a good boy. Good boy. And it comes from Iceland. And I originally found this in Marie-Louise von Franz. Oh, very posh. Mm-hmm. Well, she was a Jungian scholar who she did a lot of analysing on fairy tales. And I found this when I was reading her books and she was talking about uh, the Jungian idea of the shadow, which is often yeah. seen as, you know, the repressed bit of the self. Uh, and often the shadow is seen as like our vices our dark urges that we try to push away and separate from ourselves resurfacing but i liked her analysis of the story because she was saying the shadow isn't evil the shadow is just what we repress and so in this version of the story the shadow Mm -hmm. is the dog because the shadow is the more animalistic Mm -hmm. instinctive uh side of the human and you're going to see why the two of them seem to be the same person (laughs) because i'm going to tell the story now (laughs) long preamble (laughs) all right there was once a prince called Ring, which is an interesting name for a prince. Mm-hmm. 
And one day Ring was out hunting with his companions when he saw a deer which seemed to have a golden ring stuck on its antlers. So he followed the deer but became separated from his companions. Suddenly a mist came down on him, he was completely lost and he found himself on the shore of the sea. And there was a woman there with a barrel. He asked the woman if she'd seen this deer go by with a piece of gold and he said, oh yeah, it did, it dropped the ring in the barrel. If you can bend down and fetch it, the ring's yours. So, of course, Prince Ring bent into the barrel to fetch the golden ring and the woman pushed him into the barrel, sealed him up and rolled him out to sea. Good God. Yeah. And he got tossed around a bit until he eventually washed up on a shore, broke through the barrel and found some friendly giants. He was on a small little island where this giant man and giant woman lived and they took him to their giant house and fed him and washed him and so on. Uh, But while the giants were out doing whatever giants do, uh, he was walking around the house when he saw in the kitchen there was a locked door and whatever was behind the door called out Prince Ring! Prince Ring! When they ask you what you want say you want me! And the prince said uh, okay <laughs> uh, and the giant man and the giant woman came back and said um, oh hi Prince Ring uh, we're going to die soon yeah we, we just know uh, we're not upset about it we've had good long lives but we'll be dead in about two weeks so you should probably leave here but before you go is there anything you would like and Prince Ring said, um, whatever is behind that door, I'd like that. And the giant is like, are you sure? You wouldn't like anything else? And like, no, I want what's behind that door. And so they opened the door and there is an enormous black dog. The dog runs up to Ring and says, hello, my name is Snatch Snatch. <laughs> and Ring's like, okay, Snatch Snatch, good boy, good boy. And uh, the giant goes, well, yep, we better get you guys out of here, back onto the mainland before we die. <laughs> so the giant rose Too him pragmatic. I know so the giant rose him and the dog off on a boat and they come to you know the mainland and they're wandering around and the dog eventually leads them to a castle and says you know we should probably you know ask if we can do any work for food and shelter but uh maybe let's just not let on that I can talk we'll just pretend I'm a normal giant dog <laughs> uh, so they go into the castle and they ask for work and the the king looks at this young man who's shown up and there's I think he might be a prince in disguise. <laughs> but his advisor, who's called Red, goes, no, this is just some, some random fellow who's come along with his dog and no, we, sh- we shouldn't be doing anything with him. But the king puts them to work and they're sent out to cut wood. And Red is also out cutting wood. But Snatch Snatch has some awareness how to use an axe, despite not having thumbs. <laughs> and he is able to cut down more trees than Red can, which means it looks like Ring is amazing at cutting down trees. And this pisses Red off royally. So Red goes back and he tries to give him an, another impossible task. He says, go into the forest and uh, kill and skin all these wild oxens, thinking that you know the prince on his own is going to get trampled. Mm-hmm. But Snatcher Snatch manages to call up loads of tiny magical dogs to help them. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it doesn't go into how he manages to do this. It's just like, and they're here. And they're here. My, my little magical helpers. <laughs> and so they accomplish the task. They take the skins back and... Red is really annoyed now because the king is starting to think that maybe he should marry his daughter to this mm. young fellow and says, all right, all right, one more task. The, a few years ago, the king lost his golden cloak, his golden chessboard, and all the golden chess pieces. He's irresponsible, really. So if you can go and find them and bring them back before Christmas, then he can marry the princess. And Red thinks, well, I know they were stolen by the trolls. So the trolls are going to kill him. Mm. Yeah, out of my hair. Sorted. So Snatch Snatch and Prince Ring go off to do this impossible quest. But Snatch Snatch says, 
we better bring some salt. Yeah. Oh, salt's useful. It's a purifier, protects you from evil. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons in folklore to carry salt around. So they get a big bag of salt and they take it. And they eventually find where the treasures are hidden. And they're held by a family of three trolls. And the three trolls are entertaining an old hag, which they've been brewing up a really big cauldron of porridge. Yeah. And they're all asleep. And so snatch, snatch, and ring, they sneak up and they put their salt into the porridge and they go away and hide. And in the morning, the trolls and the hag, they wake up and they serve out the porridge, but it's really salty. Mm-hmm. So the hag starts to complain that she's thirsty. And they decide they'll send the, the youngest troll girl off to go fetch water. And she says, well, I don't want to go unless I can bring the, the golden chess pieces. And so they say, oh, all right, you can bring the golden chess pieces. And she goes off. And when she goes to get the water from the river, snatch, snatch and ring, push her in and take the golden chess pieces. So one down, two to go. Jesus. And, you know, the, the trolls, they're waiting with the hag and the girl hasn't come back with water. So another of the trolls goes, fine, I'll go. But I'll only go if I'm allowed to bring the golden chess board. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, Squire. Same thing happens. And eventually, like, all three trolls end up in the river and Prince Ring has the golden cloak, the golden chessboard, the golden chess pieces, and pretty happy, so they head back. But the ghosts of the trolls go and tell the hag what's happened. And oh, she's not pleased. Damn. You never think about the ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts. The ghosts. Always watch out for the ghosts. <laughs> so as Snatch, Snatch and Prince Ring are heading back, they pass by a cottage and it's getting dark, so they go inside to take a bit of shelter. And who's there? but the hag and she is not pleased and so Snatch Snatch calls out really quickly ah the only way to defeat her is to pour a a cauldron of boiling porridge on top of her and look there conveniently is a cauldron of boiling porridge so they dump the porridge on the hag and she loses all of her powers that's good to know yeah Yeah. so I don't know if it has to be salted porridge or if any porridge will do but they've got the treasures they've defeated the hag and they head back uh, Ring is married to the princess and you'd think the story would end there but it doesn't <laughs> Snatch Snatch asks is it okay if he sleeps at the end of the wedding bed of the princess and Prince Ring and Ring's like oh yeah sure you're my best mate of course you can sleep at the end of my bed and the princess is like uh, no this is our wedding night um, I don't really I'm not into that sort of thing You can. we'll, we'll give you your own bedroom and we'll make you a lovely fancy bed and Snatch Snatch no, no fine I'll sleep at the door and so Snatchan sleeps at the door, the couple sleep in the wedding bed and do whatever couples do. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, Red, who is furious that the princess married uh, the princess, comes storming into the king, waving around a stump of his arm and saying, that beast, that terrible dog, it bit my hand off. I demand we kill it this very instant. And then Snatcher Snatch comes in and goes, well, I'm a talking dog and I've got something to tell you. <laughs> Last night, this fella came along and tried to kill Prince Ring. And I bit his hand off. And I can prove it, because I've got the severed hand here, and it's holding a dagger. Oh, good boy. Good boy, snatch snatch Good boy, snatch snatch And so uh, Red is put to death. And the prince and princess and king, they're all overjoyed, and they agree, yes, you can sleep at the end of our bed. You're a good boy. Mm-hmm. And the princess decides that, okay, she'll put up with this for the guard dog. <laughs> but in the morning, when the happy couple wake up, the dog's not there. Curled up at the end of their bed, he's a naked man. <laughs> and they sort of poke him and go, uh, what are you doing here? Where did the dog go? And the dog stands up and in, well, the man, dog, stands up and says, in the voice of Snatch Snatch, I was no dog. My name is also Prince Ring. 
I am a prince. I was under a curse. And I was cursed to be in the form of a dog until a prince of royal blood with the same name as me let me sleep at the foot of his wedding bed. And this, you're not going to believe the coincidences that have been going on here. <laughs> because the woman who put the curse on me, she was my wife. She turned out to be a witch. We had a few disagreements. But she was also the woman who pushed you, Prince Ring, into the barrel and tried to drown you. And she was the hag who was teaming up with the trolls. Oh my goodness. I know, it's a small world. <laughs> uh, so Prince Ring, who was formerly the dog, marries Prince Ring, who was always a human's sister. Oh, that's nice. And they all live happily ever after and presumably have a lot of puppies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why she put the like the second prince ring into the barrel? Uh, I think it was because, and, and she's also someone's stepmother, uh, I think it was because the spell could only be broken by another prince ring. Oh, so she was trying to kill yeah. him. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that fooled her, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So always have a large pot of salted porridge hanging around and don't go leaning into barrels. Barrels. I know. Strange women around. <laughs> and always be nice to dogs. Yes. Always be nice to dogs. I think that is what we've learned. Yes. Ooh, that was a loud bang. That was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. See, so dogs in history, they can be good, they can be evil, but they're always adorable. They in are my eyes. Always yeah. adorable. Yeah. Little snuffleurs. <laughs> and there's loads more dog stories. There's a lot of Irish dog stories that we didn't get to talk about. Yeah, there's Coo Cullen. There's Coo Cullen. Yeah. Which is a very sad story in terms yeah, of dogs. In terms isn't of it? dogs, yeah. yeah. Oh god. And there's also uh, Finn McCool's two doggos. Yes. Who were either his cousins or his nephews. Some relation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of lot of things about people turning into yeah. dogs. And our current president has two very cute doggos as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael D. Michael D. What are they called? Shadow and... I don't know. They're, oh, they're, there's another one. They're, they're, they're gorgeous. gorgeous, but they're really big. They're, and, and he's really yeah, small. Yeah, if you've seen a picture of Michael D. Hidden, the president of Ireland, he looks like a leprechaun. He does. Oh, but he's great. He is great, and I hope he gets another term. So do I. Yeah. So do I. Oh, really? no, we're getting political. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, is there any other choice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the president of Ireland, though, he's, he's more of a, a figurehead yeah. than a, a, running the country. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, maybe if he was running the country, things would change. Maybe. Oh, man, he could make his dogs ministers. <gasps> yes. That'd be so uh, cute. Minister for wagging. <laughs> minister for pets. Yes. Yeah. Minister for pets and treats. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're, uh, we're going to leave you there. We'll be coming back with some more dog stories at another stage. And if you guys really want, maybe a cat tale or two. (laughs) There are some good cat stories. There are. So if you liked this, if you'd like to get in contact with us, if you'd like to rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff, that would be lovely. Mm -hmm. We also really, really like when people send us messages, send us tweets. Yeah, Yeah. So, yeah, So you can find us on Instagram at Tales from the Shadows, on Facebook tales from the shadows on instagram as tales shadows we're tales from the shadows on all the social media because the theater group was tales from the shadows and then the podcast started and i thought oh we'll be sounds from the shadows and didn't realize how confusing it would all get <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's where you can find us uh, i have been emily i have been orla i have been georgia and the snorry little creatures are mimi squire and bunbury and We hope we can tell you a few more stories soon. Bye. Bye. What's your favourite type of dog?
The Cavalier, of course. Well, obviously. Obviously, I've got three of them. You've got three. And they're just like little teddy bears. They are. They're so cool. They're little more.